Hello fellow scholars and gentlemen and ladies of virtual reality, this is Chris Miranda. I would like to tell you a quick story. For the last month, I've had this cold that just keeps lingering and it just, it's been destroying my throat. Like, you get, you know, one of those colds where you're, like, the back of your throat really hurts and you just, you know, you just, I, I couldn't seem to get, to shake it off for some reason. My girlfriend had the same thing. It's finally, it hit me that, um two days ago uh, that I realized that her and I have been sharing the same toothbrush for a month and it's been my whole, my whole it's all been my fault I actually um, I thought that she had a toothbrush hidden somewhere else and you know the little cup where you know you share your toothbrushes I thought the two toothbrushes were both mine and for some reason I was brushing my teeth twice with two toothbrushes um, I call this genius I think that this is the way of the future, how we're going to brush our teeth. You know, once is not enough anymore. But I made the mistake of sharing uh, toothbrushes, and we created this never-ending cycle of getting sick. Until finally I realized, like on my own, I was like, holy shit, this is not my toothbrush. So the moral of the story, ladies and gentlemen, is that um, don't share toothbrushes with people. That's fucking gross. And I'm going to go ahead and start the podcast with uh, a quick announcement. January 26th at Pivotal Labs in San Francisco, there's going to be a panel with four venture capitalists from Rothenberg Ventures, Grand Adventures, Cliff Plummer. He's an early investor in Oculus. I'll be hosting the panel and I will be taking these people down the aforementioned uh, rabbit hole or not. We'll see where it goes. Um, I usually just kind of shoot from the hip and do shit raw dog style. Um, but I'd love for you to make it. It'd be nice. Um, and I'll see if I can uh, either put it on the podcast or live stream it. Um, we'll see. I can't promise anything. There's a lot of other meetups going on um, that in the Bay Area that if you're around in town, you should check out. Check out meetup.com. Uh, I'll just name a few really quick. You got Upload. You got the Web VR guys. You got uh, Silicon Valley Virtual Reality. You got uh, SF VR. I think there's an East Bay VR, Sacramento VR. There's a lot of meetups of Virtual Hand and uh, VR Oxygen. And there's um, a lot of meetups, and you should check them. VR Cinema. You should check them out. SF VR CC. There's, you should check them out all pretty much all of them and they're cool and they're really and they're run by really cool people um, but I also decided to start my own and it's called the Metaverse Scholars Club the San Francisco Metaverse Scholars Club where we get to discuss the most insane the hardest difficult questions about virtual reality on a more intellectual more um, you know just tr trying to nail down these questions as a community um, because as the medium expands and it becomes more popular, I feel like um, it's going to get be harder to form consensus um, as more voices join the floor. But uh, come along, check out meetup.com, check out all the other meetups from the Bay Area, come to the January 26th event, and today's podcast is brought to you by no one, because I answer to no one, and that keeps me free and able to say whatever the fuck I want and it feels nice and I do it for you and myself but mostly for you um send me feedback to rentervr if you think that I 
am talking out of my butt too much, if I'm saying the word um, like or you know or in that same vein, I start catching myself, I say that a lot. Or if I'm talking too much in these fucking intros, let me know. Um, yeah, and so that's pretty much it. Let's get the show going. Have a great day, and I'll see you in the metaverse. VR, the podcast where we talk about all things virtual reality, and I'm Chris Miranda, your host. Uh, today, I'm speaking with Guy Godin, and he's the creator of Virtual Desktop. Um, Guy, you've been, uh, you're more or less, like I was mentioning to you earlier, a celebrity in our Oculus. Um, you just, a name that is, I, I would say, if, if I see the G Golden uh, subreddit flare or, or your name on it, it means that I'm going to read a quality post or <laughs> there's something, there's this quality attached to your name, to your reputation. So, so thank you for coming on the show. I'm, I'm really excited. You've, uh, you've given me some time. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure really to be here. Um, yeah, man, and we're going to have fun. So for the uninitiated, what is virtual desktop? Um, for someone who's never heard of it, perhaps. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's an application that I've developed to uh, help users use their computer uh, in the Rift. Because when I first saw some videos of people using the Rift, they seemed to be having a really hard time you know, launching their games, getting into games, or switching games. So I thought, wouldn't it be useful if we could see and use your computer with that thing on our head? So, uh, so that's what I've developed. I've an application that allows you to, to use your computer to launch games uh, to do anything you do with your computer, watch movies, uh, browse the web, uh, watch TV, whatever you normally do with your computer, you can do it in virtual desktop. It's your desktop on a giant uh, virtual screen. Yeah, and it's I tried it, um, and it works, and I like it, and people on Reddit think it's really good, uh, and I agree with them. Um, what made you want to create this in the first place? Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I saw some videos, I think it originally was untested, uh, and I saw Norm and Will having trouble and having uh, to talk to each other to say, oh, click here, click there, no, wait, I'll, I'll go config that here, and it seems like a mess. I was like, how can, you know, they have to ship something that allows you to use your computer, and when I checked, they didn't have anything, so I thought, well, okay, I'll I'll make something that everybody will need when they buy a Rift which is something that allows them to, to use their computer. So, What is it that you're getting out of using your computer with the Rift on that you're not getting with with your regular, you know, screen in front of you? Like, what do you, you know, for example, for, for someone who, who wouldn't know much about this, like, mm-hmm. how would you say viewing your desktop through the Rift yeah. is a better so- experience? So if you plug your Rift in your computer right now and you put it on, you, you don't have any games running, you put it on, you see one image that's, you know, to your face and you can't see anything. You have to close your eyes. It gives you a headache. Mm-hmm. So you see your desktop background, but it's too close for you to focus on anything. So you can't 
you can't do anything with it. Um, so with my application, my application is run in the background. It's always running. So whenever you turn your Rift on, it's gonna it, it's gonna automatically switch on and allow you to jump directly in a virtual space. And and the advantage is that if you want to go into demos and out of demos, it's going to be able to to let you transition between different different games or demos, and so that you stay at all times in virtual reality. Yeah, I, I love the for me for example, like I love the fact that I can look at YouTube uh, videos and do my regular web browsing um, on a giant screen in front of my face, and th there's you know for for me specifically, I don't think I've put it. It put in as much thought as I should in terms of man what would I do with this real state that I now have but there's a lot of potential with you know with playing with the interface to be able to get um, you know more uh, potential for productivity use you know are you getting like people get sending you emails about requests for certain features and what are the most popular features that people are asking for yeah, people, the, the most requested feature is probably to be able to use the Rift without having a monitor. So just having a portable computer, they have the Rift, they don't need any monitors, and they use it. The problem is that I can't do that right now because I need to copy the, the desktop from somewhere. So they need to have at least one monitor. And there's no way to emulate that in software. So uh, right now there are some hardware things that are sold to, to plug into your uh, into your HDMI ports on your computer so that you can simulate having a monitor. So there's kind of a way to do this. Uh, but for productivity, that's what people want. They want to have multiple virtual monitors without having physical monitors. That is, that's the, like, that's a completely different product from what the many hardware manufacturers of regular PCs and regular laptops would have been intended, right? Like, I think, like, I mean, is it, is it, a, is that, problem is that request that people want is that something that it can be done with hard hard work if you hack it long enough yeah or? well the thing is is it's the os it's windows that 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 isn't meant for that it it you know it probably never thought why you will always need a monitor why would you not have a monitor right yeah. <laughs> uh so so it's a requirement from the os uh maybe later on that won't be necessary and there's a unfortunately no no drivers, no way to simulate having a monitor connected. There are tricks to make Windows think that you have one connected, but there's no like uh, foolproof solution out there. That's. Do you ever envision a future where people will just walk around with these tablets that are, that don't that don't even have a screen, and that tablet connects to an HMD, and they're walking around with HMDs, and that's. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm sure it's gonna happen. Yeah, that's at some point. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe not in within the next year, maybe not for the first release of the Rift, but uh, definitely that's. I think I think it can be a good monitor replacement. The only drawback too is that the Rift right now is low resolution, so I mean you get about uh, ten uh, pixels per degree with the Rift. With a normal monitor, you get about thirty, so it's about one third the the resolution that you really want to have. So it's not quite there yet. Yeah, and uh, what about the system requirements in terms of you know having a, a a rig that can minimize latency and things like that? Um, well, for virtual desktop, the requirements are pretty low because the only thing I'm rendering is a plane or a curved screen, which is like a, 
a couple hundred triangles. It's it's really really simple. Uh, it it will run on almost any hardware. Uh, so it's probably the easiest uh, demo to run is virtual desktop. That's really cool. And yeah, I I've noticed that it runs pretty pretty buttery smooth on my on my laptop, even though it's not the latest. Or well, yeah. I mean, you said you get a computer last year; it's already outdated. Um, (laughs) there, so how does it work? Can you explain it in more layman terms? What is it that you're doing with the software that it makes it, it makes your desktop available inside VR, inside the Rift? Um, I'm simply using uh, public APIs that, uh, that there is on windows to grab the desktop and their APIs that are, they were meant to be used for, uh, doing things like remote desktop, you know, when you connect to a remote computer. Mm-hmm. So I'm using those same APIs, but instead of, of sending the image down the, the wire, I'm just making a copy and into a texture and displaying this on a mesh. It, it's very simple. Where did you find those APIs? How, how did you know to look for those? Uh, I just did some research. I, you know, I, I'm a tools guy. That's what I, I, I do. I develop tools to solve a bunch of different problems in the video game mm-hmm. uh you know for uh, for pipeline tools and for uh, uh for artists and programmers in the in the game industry so um so you know i i do a lot of research and a lot of a lot of googling and i just google you know how can i capture the desktop and that's how i found how nice google <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's um it, it, it's amazing what you can find when you're when you're tapping into Google all the all of humanity's, you know, knowledge is that absolutely it? Isn't that absolutely you can anybody could have developed this. I mean, I, I don't have any special experience. I don't have any special background. You know, I'm just a regular programmer. I just looked it up and see you know, how can I do this and spend some weekends on it. And there you go. Yeah, tell me more about your background. How did you wind up developing something for VR? And and yeah, what what led you to where you are today? Yeah, I don't. I don't have any uh, game uh, video game experience itself. I I've worked as a tools programmer in the video game industry for about uh, eight years, and uh, so I've been developing mostly software, database applications, and user interfaces in two D. Uh, but I I knew a bit about you know three D programming and about game programming, but I wasn't really you know an expert at that. So I had to research almost everything that I'm doing in virtual desktop. I had to Google it somehow. So that's inspiring, man. That you you already you you had to teach yourself to do to do this thing, even though, and, and I mean, but why VR? You know, why why did you uh, create something for VR specifically? What is it about VR that attracted you? Uh, I don't know. It was just a period last year where I was kind of bored and work was slow. And, uh, you know, I just saw that you know, the Rift was, you know, Oculus was bought by Facebook. That's interesting. You know, I I never really paid attention to it. I thought, you know, it was kind of gimmicky and I, I didn't really try it. So I, I just assumed it was gimmicky. But then when it was bought by Facebook for $2 billion, I thought, oh, that's probably a pretty good product that they have there. So I'll give it a trial or, the, you know, the, the new development kit that they they announced the dk2 and I'll, I'll give it a try so that's what happened i i ordered my dk2 it, it arrived really late it arrived in august so i started programming uh before i even got my rift and then when i got it i was like wow this is this is pretty cool i can do something amazing with this so. mm-hmm. that's yeah that's that's uh 
that's crazy that that Facebook acquisition turned you around. I mean, yeah, yeah that's why everybody. That, it seems to have uh, angered everybody, but to me, it was it was like the tipping point. It's what made me interested by by the whole thing. That's yeah. It's that is a good way of saying it. like it tipped people in one direction and it tipped people into the other. So so there, there were probably very angry Kickstarter backers. Like I remember that were in. Yeah, that were moving away, and they were trying to. I remember they're like our virtual reality was was in a, a subreddit that was exploding with with new users because people were so disenchanted or uh, disappointed or angered by the Facebook thing. But in your case, in your situation, and I know many others where people were like, "This is validating. There's something happening here. I'm going to yep. join in." Yeah. What of? <laughs> what an yeah, interesting. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, I, I, it's not like I've been a super fan of Facebook. You know, I've, you know, I've been using it personal use, but uh, uh, and it, it to me it seemed like like Mark Zuckerberg when he made purchases, he seemed to uh, let those companies like uh, keep their identity, like WhatsApp or the other ones. Actually, I don't remember the other ones, but uh, he he seems to to you know not just take over like Microsoft style and just eat the company and and you know steal the employees sort of and do whatever he wants so he seems to, to to let the developers do what they were doing so i you know i thought it's probably the best company who could have purchased oculus yeah so far so good for sure um and yeah we'll just wait and see how i'm, I'm really excited for cv1 because from what i've seen and the rumor comes from cs is that the panel on it is 1080p i don't know if you saw that the the rumor yeah are... that's i'm sure that's not true i mean they I, I don't know who started this but I, I think it's false because they've said repeatedly that it's higher resolution yeah. so I, to me i'm sure it is higher than 1080p have you tried it have you tried crescent bay yet yeah, I have at Oculus Connect. Same here. And uh, okay, so so I was willing I was willing to go with the rumors for one reason. I it's because the optics have changed in the Crescent Bay. I, I don't know if you noticed, but they Yeah, yeah. I mean, would that would that change uh like would the optics be so powerful that you would actually be able to pull off a 1080p screen or are people really just, you know, speculating out of thin air? I don't. I think the people who say that they haven't tried it because if you try it, you'll <laughs> notice that there's a lot more detail yeah. than on the DK2, and even you have uh, mag magic lenses, you can't add more detail. You can only, you know, improve the clarity, but you cannot add like resolution. You can clearly see when you play the demos that you have a lot more pixels. Mm -hmm. It's clear that you have. What does that mean for virtual desktop if if CV1 gets released with uh, uh, a a screen that is above 1080p. Oh, it just means it will be a, a whole lot better than on DK2, and, and that's really what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Uh, when I tried the Crescent Bait, when I got out, the first thing I thought is, man, I want to try my app on it. I want to see how good it is. And, you know, it because I'm sure it, it will be a lot better. I'm a little scared about the whole, you know, diffuser or whatever they use for the lenses to kind of blur out the, the pixel together to eliminate the screen door. Mm -hmm. Um I'm a bit scared that it might make small text hard to read, but I don't think it would be worse than what we have on the DK2 now, so I'm not not too worried. Tell me more about how that works, and yeah, how does where does your concern fit in in there? Um, it's just that right now, like with the 1080p screen, like reading uh, regular text size that you have on web pages, 
that you normally read on your monitor, mm -hmm. reading it at the angular resolution that you have on the DK2, it's really hard. You have to either make the screen bigger, zoom the screen, and that, that becomes annoying because you always have to lean in or or change the size of the screen depending on what you have to read. Um, so, yeah, that's why the resolution is important. Uh, the, the whole uh, pixel fill rate and the... Uh, uh, you know, the diffusing or whatever they do. It's mostly for games, for games to look good. But mm -hmm. for text, it's really about resolution. Oh, interesting. And, huh, interesting. I mean, what are there, are there any other ways to go around that? Or is it just, is, is the diffuser the only way to... Um... To, to blur the pixels mm -hmm. together? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know really. I'm, I'm, I'm not a specialist in optics and in VR, really. I'm, <laughs> I'm just a programmer, so I'm only guessing here. Uh, but, uh, I mean, for text, I know that like on a regular computer, there are some tricks to, to make uh, text more readable. You can do some anti-aliasing. You can do a bunch of tricks mm -hmm. uh, that you can also do, I guess, in VR. So, um you know, we'll see, we'll see how it turns out, but I'm 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 not worried. It will be a whole lot better on on Crescent on Crescent Bay than and on the CV one than it is on the K2. I'm not worried about that. I've been so uh, this this is a question I've been holding a little. I've been thinking about asking you for a little bit, and I want to get out of the way. Is it is it possible to create a virtual desktop but for Android? So you know how people would Gear VR, for example. What if I could? What if I could navigate my Androids? Uh, interface through the gear vr is that possible at all uh yeah people have asked for that um to be honest i i don't know anything about android development so i i, I would have to look up everything uh but uh that what's hard is that um like in case in windows what i do is i i mirror one monitor so i, I grab the image from one thing mm -hmm. on on android you only have one screen and it's your phone so i can't you can't mirror anything so you have to create a whole new OS, I think, in VR. I don't think I would be able to capture the screen because I'm rendering to it. So can't capture what I have behind if I'm rendering to it. So yeah, if that makes any sense. It doesn't at all, to be honest, <laughs> to be frank. But I, I mean, I I completely get it. Like I, it's a completely yeah. different beast than than PC. Yeah, on Windows, I simply make a copy. So you have your monitor, and I copy it and. Uh, you have it in the Rift. Mm -hmm. On Android, you only have one monitor. It's like you only have the Rift. You don't have any other monitors. That's so true. I can't copy from anywhere. Oh. So. Yeah, I can't. That's not. But do you see that? Do you see that there might be value in that, and and perhaps using your Android phone as your as your, because if all of a sudden I could navigate my Android phone's interface, and I I already have Google Drive in there. I already have. Uh, SoundCloud. I already have all these apps that I could just go to, and if it turned, and if I had it in Gear VR, like if I could make that that interface a lot bigger, Available, then I don't yeah. need, yeah, I don't need a computer at all potentially <laughs> one day. Like, yeah. the, but is that yeah? But I want, do you think Samsung would do something like this or? Well, I mean, I think uh, them or Google are, are probably better positioned than, you know, regular folks like me to do that kind of stuff because it will require really good uh, understanding of the OS and, and uh, probably use APIs that are not available. I doubt, you know, there are some APIs available to capture what's on Android and send it over the network. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think there's a way to capture and also render at the same time. 
yeah, I, I have no idea honestly. It, it's Android. I I don't know Android really. So I hope uh, I hope Jan, John Carmack is thinking about this somewhere. I, in his... I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. says that he said at Connect that he was uh, interested in reading comics. I think in VR. Uh, so you know maybe he's developing something. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, comic books all of a sudden become you know stereoscopic 3D and, and interactive and immersive. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Um, what, what, what about your goals in the long run? Like, what are you hoping to accomplish in the next couple of years and then, you know, onwards into the future, like five years from now? Oh, I haven't thought that far ahead, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm only thinking like uh, the next couple of months, but, um, you know, you know, if it catches on and a lot of people like it and, um, and, you know, I, that's what I've said uh, many times that whenever CV1 releases, I intend to sell this as an app on the Oculus Store or whatever whatever they have. And you know, if it catches on and a lot of people like it, um, you know, I will definitely continue developing it. And um, I don't know over years, maybe uh, like I mentioned earlier, the ability to not have monitors to completely replace monitors um, probably have a lot more control over the position of the screens. And because uh, right now I'm all bound to how the screens are positioned in windows because the way the mouse works, I don't want to position a screen like uh, in the top left corner and the other one in the top right. And then when you move your, your mouse, it you have, you have to remember, oh, my screen is actually positioned like that in the window, so my mouse will appear here. So yeah. it's like when you have physical monitors, right? And if you have your physical monitors placed differently than how they're positioned in, in windows, mm -hmm. then it gets super confusing because your mouse doesn't go where you think it's going. So Yeah. How do you well, – how, how are you figuring out the interface itself? Like I, I feel like there's, there's design aspects in VR desktop that you're putting in that you're probably not giving thing you know you're probably not giving it a lot of thought but it's probably one going to be one of those things that will become a standard <laughs> so like 20, 20 years from now people will be still be using the same method of interfacing that you've created or you will create um does that make you feel weird <laughs> well I, honestly i think that that uh, my app is is a transition app because hmm. eventually what you will want to have is you will, you will want to have a, a, a user experience that is uh, made for VR, not a desktop user interface that's integrated in VR. You will want to have like a real native uh, uh, UI uh, made specially for that. Because right now, it you know, there are a lot of things like contextual menus, uh, you know, uh, you position, you minimize windows and stuff like that. So... I'm sure some, some UX people out there will figure out better ways to interact with your computer in VR hmm. than what we have right now. What is something that you can do native that you can't do with, you know, what we, what we have right now? Um, I can make your desktop transparent. So that's one cool thing that I can do is I can, I can make your, uh, whatever you see black, uh, in your windows appear transparent. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've tried this option, but that's, that's something you cannot have on a monitor, obviously, because your, your monitor is black. Um, so that's really the only thing I can do. I, I can't, well, with what I have right now, I mean, I cannot do much. So I hope that in the future I'll be able to, to bring in, um, better ways to interact with your computer than, 
very simple desktop. So. Yeah. In in terms of interacting, is the keyboard and mouse the thing that you were going to be using for a long time, or can you imagine a better a better input device for virtual desktop in particular? Um, well, I think that the keyboard and mouse are pretty awesome for desktop use and you know they've been around for a long time mm -hmm. and they've been you know refined and and people are used to it and and you can be really productive with that so to have a new user interface uh to to use your computer it's going to take a long time to have to to build something that's equal or better than than a keyboard and mouse it, it's sad but that that's how it is yeah, and how do you figure out whether something is more effective or equal or better than a keyboard and mouse? Is that just like endless cycles of research and development? Like, and who will who would step up? Is it a big company or is it going to be a small company? Um, I guess it would be that you know someone like uh, Microsoft probably or Oculus even would develop or maybe Valve, uh, maybe Valve's working on that. Uh, really, like a VR OS where you know you have different way of using windows different way of of using your computer and the idea is that you you would have to be uh, as productive or more productive with that new interface uh, mm -hmm. than you would on your regular desktop because people are are able to be really productive on their computers today mm -hmm. and uh, replacing that is going to be really hard who is your target audience when you're when, when you're creating virtual desktop who is this for who do you envision will be using it the most um, really, I try to target anybody who buys a Rift. Really, hmm. anybody who who because well, people who use Windows, obviously, that's probably ninety percent. Well, I don't know, eighty-five percent. But uh, really, all all people who who have a Rift, I think they will see value in, in using virtual desktop. How is Microsoft in terms of support for virtual reality? I mean, I know I don't know if you have 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 made any contact with them, but I mean, do you think they'll be more receptive as the technology becomes more and more ubiquitous to to be able to patch in things into their operating system, into Windows 10, for example? Um, yeah, well, I'm sure with uh, DirectX 12 and, and Windows 10, they're already doing some things that are prob that probably Oculus has asked them to do to, to improve VR. But I, I'm not sure that they're really that open to, like, well, probably not open to me like a random nobody who, who makes an app uh, they probably won't listen to me but um but i'm yes. sure they they probably do some some things for oculus already or have planned some things in windows 10 and obviously we won't know anything about that until it gets released but um but i think it's it's going to be really really hard for oculus to to have all these companies make uh, do things for them because they don't have a market they don't have people uh they don't have like people who customers uh, yet so it's true they do have a lot of hype a lot of buzz a lot do, of attention yeah. but still i think you're right it's it's harder to get other people to do stuff when you don't have customers yet um yeah, yeah very true and if for you what do you think windows 10 is going to look like is it going to have you know w will windows 10 be crossing my fingers better than windows 8 and will it have a better do you think it'll be a better support for virtual desktop or is it too early to tell uh, well i already have the the they have a beta program so i already have it and you can already run it on windows 10. how and, is it i haven't yeah. tried it yet yeah there's some videos out there i mean it's not much different from windows 8 
what they're trying to do is kind of uh, bring back the start menu that everyone liked. So, <laughs> yeah, it's baby steps, really. They don't, they're not doing that much. Uh, they're doing a lot of things under the cover, though. Like they're mm-hmm. bringing DirectX 12 and they're trying to merge, you know, all that new Metro uh, interface that they had in Windows 8 that everybody hates. They're trying to kind of merge this with the desktop. So I'm not too sure how, how that will pan out. Um, Teach me I, more about DirectX 12. How is 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 it that much? Be- will it be that much better than 11? Or I mean, what well, do you think? It's mostly uh, it's it's kind of a they've been you know with DirectX 10 and 11 they've been building like kind of refactoring the whole thing so that it's easier to use. Um, but uh, I don't know many of the specifics. Like I've downloaded the, the the beta and all that. I can program with it and I can't go into all the details because it's under NDA. But uh, for VR, it's it's for me at least. There's nothing really new for virtual desktop that's going to help it. Uh, it's mostly uh, it's mostly bringing what you have on Xbox One, like the performance you're able to have on Xbox One, to Windows. That's mostly what what they're doing. Hmm. Is there something about developing for VR that you've learned that you sort of didn't see coming or that surprised you? I'm sorry, I missed that. What is there? Is there something about developing VR and you know virtual desktop being one of them that that surprised you or or came out of left field that you didn't anticipate you'd learn or or know about? I mean, how much more different is developing for VR than developing for the existing paradigms? Um, well, it's 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 very different. Uh, first of all, because it's it's essentially uh, running as a game, uh, as a game loop. So instead of being like, I'm used to building 2d applications, right? So to the applications with the fence, with, uh, with different controls and stuff like that. So developing for VR is like developing a game. So you have your game loops, you have your game components. It's, it's a, it's a totally different, uh, way of programming, but it interconnects in some ways. So it, it's not too different. Um, but, uh, it, and it's not my, my area of expertise. Like if some people ask me questions about game development, I, I might not be able to answer. Like, I don't know, I don't know much about it, honestly. Mm. So I'm probably not the best person to ask what, what's different. Um, you know, in terms of, of developing a game for VR and not for VR, I know that it's not that more complicated. You know, there are a couple things you have to watch out for, but it's, it's, it's essentially the same thing as developing a regular game. I wonder if it'll be, and again, I understand you might be speaking out of your element, but I wonder if it's a matter of as the time progresses, as time progresses, developing for VR will become more complex and more and more um, refined, and it'll start uh, branching further away from developing for existing paradigms because as the hardware becomes better and time goes on people will find out that there's different things and better ways to immerse people i mean or 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 maybe not maybe it'll just it'll always be simple i mean what, what do you think do you think it's going to be more complex and harder to learn uh, or is it going to stay the same in terms of learning curve um well the the video game industry like the video game development hasn't changed all that much like in the last 10, 15 years. Like when I started, it was pretty much the same thing that you did that you do today. Uh, so I don't think this 
uh, change a lot. You know, there's some improvements, there's some better practices, thing, you know, ways to do things. Um, and now with, uh, you know, with GitHub and open source stuff, it's a lot easier to, to find something, a component, and put it in your, your game or your application. Now with Unity, uh, Unreal, those, you know, those engines make things a lot easier. Now you don't need to know all these things about, you know, 3D graphics and all that stuff. You don't need to know any of that. You can just drag and drop things. So um, things will get easier for VR. It definitely won't, won't get harder. Mm-hmm. And things like uh, Unity and Unreal will definitely help with, with that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, every iteration of Unreal that uh, keeps getting put out, they're, yeah, they're just becoming a lot less of a hassle to deal with in terms of incorporating VR. And that's good on them. I hope fully Unity. I mean, what tool are you using, by the way? Are you, is virtual desktop something that you code it yourself or is it something, did you use Unity or Unreal to, you know, pull pull out the app? How did you put it? Um, I coded it myself uh, uh, straight from the SDK. Uh, So I'm in C Sharp, but uh, I'm using the uh, the C++ SDK that they provide. So, it 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 gives me a couple of disadvantages like i cannot easily uh place environments or or things that are already made like people if they make a, a chair or a table in unity they put it in the asset store and anybody can download it and just drag and drop it like i won't be able to do that because i have my own engine my own uh, uh my own game but the advantage is that i have uh access to everything i have uh you know i can do low level stuff and I have much more control over the the actual application. If you had to guess, how complete is Virtual Desktop right now? I mean, I, I, you mentioned that you want to launch it as an app, hopefully by the time CV1 is out. Um, I, that that might be winter 2015, might be, I don't know. But if it is by that time, you know, um, how complete is, 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 is the app right now and what features do you plan on adding when it's, when it's out there in the wild? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't, I don't see any completion point. Like I'm always working on it and I'm always adding stuff. Like people, uh, have really good ideas. Like they tell me, oh, it would be nice if you could add that. Like initially I didn't even plan to have, uh, a video player. Like I can play, you can play it out. 360 videos mm. uh and there's also options for side-by-side 3d things like that these are all ideas from the, the the people who used it so um and you know oculus is gonna c- come out soon with uh with an audio sdk so i don't know i might play around and try some things with that you know i'm i'm really using this as an experiment really i'm trying things out so i i don't have any any idea of when i'd say oh i'm done mm. So I always I'll, I'll continue working on it. Yeah, please do. <laughs> you're, 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 it is it is an awesome piece of software, and yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, are you are are you cognizant that you might be one of the people that gets acquired by a Microsoft or a Google or? A, uh, I hope not. No, you, no, you don't <laughs> want to go that route. You want to no, no. bootstrap it and grow your own VR virtual desktop empire. Is that what's what's your? I mean, if if things take off, what's your yeah. route? What do you? What's your game plan? What are you gonna do? Uh, I think I want to keep it. You know, something that I I own. I don't want to. I don't really want to sell it. Like I've been approached by a lot of companies already uh, that wanted to hire me to include my product into theirs and things like that. But I'm 
not really interested in doing that right now. Um, mm. I think I really want to keep it like a, a user created app and that just grows. And you know, we'll see eventually. I, I don't know. I can't. I can't speak for the future too much because I. We never know what happens, but uh, no, I don't. I don't plan on on selling it or anything like that. That's that's. I like your style, man. I gotta say, it's pretty badass. Um, but is there a price? Is there a number? <laughs> and I'm, again, I'm <laughs> sorry, even pushing it too much. But if I offered you two billion dollars, would you go ahead and uh, sell me your your virtual desktop company? Uh, two billion. Yeah, you bet. I would. Okay. <laughs> That's an easy one. I mean, uh, uh, how much value are you putting to this? I mean, is this is this um, if you had to price it, how much oh, value see. would you put into it? Would you think it um, has? It's hard to put a price because you know I I put a lot of uh, you know energy and sweat into this to make it work. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, it's kind of hard to put a price tag on that. Like yeah. I've spent probably. In terms of hours, probably uh, five months, uh, four or five months full time on it, uh, but I don't think it's worth like the hours. It's it's going to be worth a lot more when you know people start using it and I start to add more things to it. And yeah. um, so, I don't know. I I can't really put a number on that. That's a good answer. Um, I'm glad you didn't answer that <laughs> question. That was a really dumb question, but uh, I'm glad. Yeah, no, it's it's, okay. it's. I mean, it's com. It it's. It's true. You do have something really awesome going, and not only that, you have a really cool following of people that believe in it, and I'm one of them. So keep it up. It's awesome. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it for sure, dude. What do you? What is something that you like a, a feature that you want to implement? That's like you know, did you just that that is like, for lack of a better word, busting your balls? Is there is there is there a, a problem that you've been on lately that you've you know that. Yeah, yeah. There's so many. There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Please uh, vent, vent them each, all out. <laughs> yeah, each feature that I add is is uh, is is hard. Uh, it's not simple. Uh, like recently, I added the 360 video, uh, and it's hardware accelerated three uh, video playback, and none of the other apps have that. Uh, now the trick now is to be able to play uh, more formats and support more um, codecs um, because not all codecs are hardware accelerated so it's it gets really tricky and it's totally not my field of expertise so all of this is all like new to me so i have to i have to google everything um <laughs> and uh another uh, feature that i'm working on right now is the ability to it sounds stupid but it's the ability to capture uh full screen 2d games uh, instead of just uh windowed full screen ones because right now you can play games 2d games in virtual desktop on your on your giant screen mm -hmm. but they have to be running in windowed full screen mode so that that's so that the capturing api that i use works if you have a full screen game i cannot use the regular capture apis i have to do uh, what's called dll injection so i have to write code that's going to get inserted into the into the app and execute and send me the texture and so it, it gets a lot more complicated so that's what i'm working on right now and um yeah, it, it's it's not as simple as it seems. People say, "Oh, why cannot I can I play full screen games? It works for the other ones. Why not full screen games?" Well, it's a totally different uh, uh, way of of doing it. So, and all of this is not you know there's there's no public APIs to do that. It's it's kind of a hack. So, yeah. uh, it's it's a bit tricky, but you know uh, I think I'll I'll 
get it running in a couple of weeks. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, and well, I got to commend you on the wizardry that you're doing. I mean, you said it's not as simple as it seems. I don't think programming what you're putting together is simple at all. Like, <laughs> I, I, and I know you're trying to skirt away from getting too technical, and I'm still going like, damn, that is extremely complicated. And yet you're barely scratching the surface. That's crazy stuff, though. I mean, yeah, and... It's one of those things where I'm fascinated by that knowledge that you have this ability to speak to this thing and make it do shit that I can't. <laughs> like it's really cool. Um, yeah, I, that yeah, it's one of the coolest things about this podcast. I get to speak to people that speak, you know, alien alien language for all I know, um, which is cool. Um, but I want to know more about what does it mean when you say hardware accelerated? Like, what does that mean? Uh, that means that you play the video and your CPU stays at 0%. Essentially, your video card is decoding oh. the video. So that has a big advantage uh, because your video card is a lot more powerful at decoding video than your, your CPU is. Mm -hmm. So it, it can, in theory, uh, decode much larger videos, uh, videos at a higher frame rate. So it, it is really the best way to, like when you play videos in, in VLC or media player, it's hardware accelerated mm -hmm. most of the time. So. Is it is it just you uh, building virtual desktop? Are you are you have you partnered or worked with anybody else? Uh, I'm all by myself. Damn, that's impressive. But I, I mean, the, yeah, that's. And at what point do you will you ever say, "All right, I think I need help"? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I did ask an old colleague of mine. Uh, uh, if you wanted to join me, and I I wasn't able to convince him. He's not sold on the whole VR thing, so. Um, you know, I guess too bad for him. <laughs> that will be harder and harder to do like, as as time goes on, I would imagine. That's true, yeah, because so. it, it's getting bigger and bigger, and it's going to be harder to, if someone jumps in the code, we'll go, what the hell is going on in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> How big do you think it's going to get? I mean, you've, you've put in so much work. I imagine you are a believer, but how, yeah. how, as to but how big is, is the real question. Well, I think there's a limit, especially if I'm all by myself, because it, it, I, I still have to, to make sure that it's, it's, it's not too messy, right? So that everything is well architected and all that. So it's kind of like uh, building a house, right? Uh, like I've got some good foundations, uh, but I'm, I'm not an expert at everything. So some, some things are not, you know, if it, if, you know, if it's windy a bit, it might fall. So, you know, I have to, I have to, 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 limit my expectations into where I can bring this if I'm, a, if I'm all by myself like that. So. Mm. I, I know that I'm out of line already, but I want to ask for a feature. Uh, <laughs> sure. I, I, I like the ability to um, have a butler, a, a, a personal butler inside a virtual desktop, and I can just give it voice commands, and I'll say, uh -huh. pull up Pornhub, and the virtual butler, like Siri, will just go on the internet and pull it up. In a sense, I was wondering if there, I mean, are there public APIs available that you can get voice recognition, text-to-speech sort of stuff to to work with uh, with virtual desktop and, and navigate your PC yeah, yeah. Yeah, with your well, voice? Well, there are actually, well, the thing is I, I probably won't even have to implement this because it's it's going to be in Windows and it's it's going to be part of Windows 10, actually. They have Cortana, the the same assistant they have on the phone on Windows phone. I, I don't want a Windows phone, but huh. it's kind of like Siri. 
Um, and uh, yeah, you can talk to your computer and so that that's going to do it for me. I don't think I'm going to implement anything special because essentially this thing will do it. Yeah. That sounds awesome. That Yeah, that'd be nice. Maybe maybe you might need to implement a hologram of Cortana floating around you. <laughs> that is true. They, they probably they don't have that. So yeah. I could definitely add, add, that. Yeah. add to the immersion. That, but yeah. that, I mean, is that... Um, do you think that'll be an effective way of, of interfacing with the machine by using your voice, or is keyboard and mouse the most effective thing? Um, I think it will it will be more and more uh, rebel, uh, relevant uh, than it was. Uh, you know, there are some 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 speech programs that you can buy, you can download, mm -hmm. but most of the time they're not that great or yeah. they're not well integrated. Uh, they you know they allow you to speak and it will type you know text. It will do to speech to text and things like that uh but i i, I think uh, that's more like that's microsoft's you know problem really they're they're gonna bring this and make it more uh, viable in the future i'm sure i remember when i had um i had a laptop in 2005 and i remember that i, I tried playing with the speech recognition thing in it mm -hmm. and obviously it was a complete mess i mean but <laughs> It's just I I would be like turn on. Silence. And you have to repeat three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's cool though. Like it's cool to see how fast it's advancing and how um how insane it'll be five years, ten years from now. Like I wonder if we'll one day have a conversation with a machine for a whole hour and we'll probably have no idea that we've just spoken to something that is not human because it'll yeah. just get that point. I hope it gets that far. Right now, it's it's mostly disappointing. Like I don't know if you if you've seen the Xbox. The Xbox has a voice control. You mm -hmm. can do things like uh, uh, turn on TV and you know watch CNN and whatever in it, suppose. But when you talk to it, you look like a complete idiot because you talk super loud and you talk in one direction and then you repeat two three times. Yeah. So that's not what you know what we see in sci-fi and all the sci-fi movies. <laughs> That the one of the coolest, well, one of the funniest things I've seen on on YouTube was um, a, a couple of videos of people getting trolled, uh, playing Call of Duty or whatever online. They'd be they'd be playing on their Xbox One, and someone online will go Xbox off, oh, and no. he'll just troll <laughs> and take out a bunch of dudes. <laughs> so yeah. it, that's a uh, that's a big one. I mean, voice recognition, making sure that it, when you it's you that like that it, it recognizes your particular voice that it's kind of like a password only you know it it only understands uh you yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's hard to do that's hard to do um i you know that's that's like black magic to me i don't know how people who do well they do signal processing and all that stuff i it's, it's pretty amazing what they're able to do but it it's hard yeah yeah exactly because i don't there's there, yeah, there. I, yeah, that, that's one of those things where I can talk about it for a long time. And the more I learn about it, the more I realize, like, you know what? Fuck, you know that that sort of technology where you'll be able to speak to a machine back and forth, and you'll never know whether that was a human or a machine. I mean, that makes me feel like the more and more that we are all inside of a simulation, <laughs> because we're yeah. creating the elements, and that's one of the elements we're creating the elements that can. T trick us into thinking that we're that we're that we're not that, that we crossed the uncanny valley already uh, yeah um what is and this is something i've asked a bunch of people like what do you think it means if we were all stuck in a simulation 
um, it means that it's a pretty good simulation. <laughs> right now, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know. Um, whoever created is pretty darn good, and I want to have his email. <laughs> uh, well, here's a, a, the the question where this leads me to is like, if we were trapped in a simulation, how do we know we're not? See what I'm saying? Like, how do we know? How, how can, can you prove to me, Guy, right now that I'm not in a simulation? Um, I don't think I can. No. Yeah, uh, I ha I can't meet. I haven't met anyone that can do that. And then maybe it's what it's like. A, maybe it's the stupidest question you could ask because it's like, well, can you prove to me that there is no no God? Well, fuck. Right. <laughs> There's no way to prove it. There's no way to prove the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I, you know, still though, like I, I think this this question of the simulation will become more and more relevant in the 21st century than it has ever been before, because yeah. that's what we're creating right now, or that's what um we're like evangelizing and talking about these simulation machines, um, that we all yeah. just throw throw our heads into, <laughs> and it's and we like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if in our lifetime we'll be able to see uh to to have experiences that are uh indistinguishable from reality i'm not sure if i don't think it's going to happen in our lifetime um I, I i think it's probably further down the road but, but you know maybe i'm speaking completely out of my head here and it, maybe it will happen i don't know well let's go there let's go there um because how old are, i'm 27 how old are you right now 33 okay and how how old do you plan on living to i don't know maybe 75 80 okay so that'll be what 50, 50 years. years from now. Yeah. So that is the year 2065, 20 something like that. Yep. Yeah. That is, that's a long time away. And looking around at the pace that everything is accelerating exponentially with graphics, with deep learning, with the Internet of Things, with fiber, uh, speed internet, like that, it, where does you know, where does that lead us to? <laughs> like, Yeah, that's a good question. Um, one thing that, you know, a lot of people think that it, think it, it's moving really fast, but there are some things that are moving really slow. Like if you look at cars, for example, like the car hasn't, like the way or transport way of transportation hasn't evolved at all in the last 20 years. I mean, it's, it's, it's been exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Our cars go at the same speed. Our planes go roughly at the same speed. Trains might be going a little faster, but there hasn't been a revolution in, in that department, in that area. Uh, yes, in, 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 in the computer and the technology side, it's evolving really fast, but, uh, I, I'm sure it's going to reach a plateau at some point. And, uh, like all like the others uh the others you know the other aspects of science that we've reached already so uh how far that will be i don't know um where do you but, think is the peak where does where do you think we'll start plateauing at what point does do we run out of out of growth you know and what are the things that cause that if i could answer that i would probably be a billionaire but it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a good question um if I had to guess, I'd say uh, I don't think we're going to reach the point where, you know, like the matrix where we're able to simulate, completely simulate environments. I think it's going to it's going to be way before that. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to get there. Uh, I think it's going to plateau uh, at the 
at anything but plugging into our brains. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's stick to VR. But going back to the car thing really quickly, um, you're right. We, like we, the car hasn't changed for a while. I mean, since the Model T, it's always been this thing on four wheels that you steering wheel takes you to point A and point B. Yeah. But I would posit that that might change in the next 15 years because um, self-driving cars will be still these four-wheeled things that take us from point A to point B, but the human themselves won't be doing anything. And, I mean, California is already passing or been talking about regulating them, and the Google car has already driven 300,000 miles. I'm sure you heard of all those things. Uh, Is that... I mean, is that is that a a sign of plateauing where you know well we can't invent anything better than the car so we'll just make it smarter or is that a sign of you know well what what what's gonna come after that then what do you think? Uh, um, I think it's kind of a um, uh, of a cheat that uh, you know since we're evolving really fast in, in, in the technology field uh, in the computer field but we're not doing anything in terms of transportation then mm-hmm. we kind of bring our expertise of, of computers and systems to, to, to the automobile. So it, uh, we're kind of cheating. We're kind of making it look like we're making advancements in transportation, but in fact, we're, we're really not. Like we still, it will take the same time to drive from point A to point B and we won't, we won't gain anything, right? Yeah. What is, so going back to virtual reality, like where does, at what point do you think virtual reality will plateau? Um, is it around Crescent? Uh, is it around Consumer Version Three? I mean, oh no, I think this will, you know, this won't go on for a long time before it plateaus because it's 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 brand new, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it, you know, it's twenty years old, but this iteration is is fairly new, so I think it will evolve a lot. Um, you know, to the point like you know we can have sunglasses. That's what Oculus says a lot. Like have sunglasses that bring you into virtual reality. I think when it's at that point, then I think it it would probably kind of plateau yeah and do you think that'll like by the time it's that it's there um will it be good enough to trick us to trick the human brain into feeling like it's completely somewhere else or will will it always be you know unless we wire unless we're connected directly to the machine we're always going to be grounded in reality yeah i think i think it's uh, the the point where we're our brain starts the thing that are really but not our brain but ourselves our conscience uh things that were somewhere else i i think that's pretty far off Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't think it's possible without some kind of uh uh stimulation external stimulation or whatever yeah you definitely need drugs for sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh, some anal probing and you're good to go (laughs) it's yeah like that's a I like your grounded in, in reality view because I tend to go all over the place and I like to make sure that I don't uh, that I that I listen to people who hold a position might that might be differing from mine because I'm I'm of the opinion that I think yes this we will probably reach a point where like reality will become um, how do you say reality will just be this construct that we used to think we knew what it meant you know i i, I don't know but but oh huh. well, maybe uh, you know it's, 
you know, it's it's just a matter of opinion, right? Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, maybe you're right. Maybe that's what's going to happen to And You know, some some things, uh, you know, in, in technology uh, evolve so much faster than we think. You know, I think it was in, I don't remember, I read that somewhere, but in the 1970s, uh, like when we had transistors and whatever, they, they thought, oh, by the year 2000, we're going to be able to have X number of transistors or whatever. And, or there are, no, that's not it. Yeah, the story was that uh, they had like these big tube machines as computers, right? And those very old stuff. And they said by the year 2000, we're going to be able to do the same thing with uh, like half the tubes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and like 10 years later, that technology was t- totally dead. There were no more tubes and it was all like uh, uh, transistors and whatever. So, uh, so yeah, the predictions are probably sometimes are totally totally off and new things come along and it throws everyone's predictions off so hell yeah i, f- I feel like predictions are uh, predicting is a fool's errand um but at the same time it's such a fun experiment or you know or thought process to run inside your head because well we have these brains that are time traveling machines for all that we know and we can Absolutely. imagine the future and since we can do it why not um, it's a, yeah, it's a weird thing, but coming back to reality and the present, what do you think are, is, are the set of obstacles, you know, based on what we've seen, what we, what, what's been happening, what do you think are the obstacles left for virtual reality to overcome in terms of mass adoption, right? Um, I think, uh, it has to be useful for, uh, for you know, for your for your mom, for your uncle, for your grandparents, mm-hmm. that's that's how you can have mass adoption. Like uh, ten years ago, it it wasn't useful for them to have an iPhone, right? So because it was way too complicated, and you know, talking to your you know to your family and ended up being really really you know a complex task. And now that it's a lot easier to use. Uh, anybody can, you know, can use a mobile phone almost. Uh, so, so it will have to be like, if you, if you check what we have right now with the DK2, this thing is insane, uh, to get working. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, we're not even close to have, uh, like most gamers use the rip yet. So, yeah. uh, getting gamers is going to be one step, uh, getting the mass public to, to use virtual reality. I think that's a very, very, very big challenge. And uh, I I hope that the folks at Oculus have uh, some good ideas on how to make uh, this accessible. Uh, but I don't, you know, I don't think we're quite there yet. Yeah. Well, thankfully, we have people like you who are developing uh, apps, software that makes, you know, because a, que- a huge question and a huge obstacle in my mind is the availability of content and plentiful, diverse content. Yep. And you open up the door with virtual desktop so that people can enjoy their pre-existing content in VR um, and more efficiently. And I, I'm excited for, you know, the the different features that you'll add in. Like, will it be possible for me to share a desktop with another Rift user at the same time, do you think? Uh, well, that's certainly something possible. Uh, it's not simple to implement because... Uh, uh, well, I mean, it wouldn't be simple for me. It's probably simple for a lot of companies out there. Like, I don't know if you, uh, you've used the application called uh, Splashed Up Remote Desktop. Mm-hmm, I have. 
Yeah, so so you can use your computer on Android, on iOS, and uh, you know they, they do all the streaming, they do the capture like I do, and so they already have all the technology to do the streaming from one device to another. It's just a matter for them if they decided to make an app to just uh, you know be able to to accept the uh, the connection from another computer. It would be pretty simple for them to do. For me, that would be complicated because I had to you know, do everything that they're doing. But uh yeah, it's definitely possible to, to have multiple desktops, like maybe remote desktops within virtual desktop, yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool because I I mean it be I can totally see it as a collaborative tool where I'll be inside this space sharing my desktop with someone else and they can bring in their work and we're sharing uh constantly yeah. by files back and forth. It'd be yeah, it'd be really cool to see that um implemented. Yeah. I don't know if you've tried uh, Altspace VR. They kind of do that. They don't bring the entire computer. They just bring a web page. But I yeah, I've seen it. I've checked it out, and they're very promising. And um, the only it's still obviously it's still in beta. So the first I remember I was you were there. I, I tried getting in there, and my Rift wasn't working. So but the, uh, the app was working. It was it was my yeah, Rift. Yeah. But it's one of those it's one of those things. I mean, and that is. Another question that leads me to ask is, how do you deal with the diversity of hardware out there for the when for the you know PC market? Like, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll tell you right now, like I love virtual desktop, but the last couple of times I downloaded, like I haven't been able to see my mouse, <laughs> and it's something I was gonna ask you off the record, but might as well for the for you know for the sake of the listeners who might be going through the same issue that I might have. I can't see my cursor when I go inside virtual desktop. Is there something that I can do? Um, I, I, I had for a couple versions of bug where on some configurations it weren't or it wasn't working. Uh, uh, so make sure to use the latest version. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you, have, if you have the latest and you don't see your cursor, then I, I can probably help you uh, after the stream and can, yeah. <laughs> we can look it up but Definitely. it should work now on, on all computers thank you yeah i will i we, we shall talk more but going back to the question like how do you deal with that diversity of hardware in the pc market yeah that's that's really hard and it's a it's something that i didn't think would be an issue when i started and then when i realized that everybody has all these different configurations and they're set up differently they have different uh versions of windows uh, it's, it's insane. Uh, I, and I have no way because I only have one computer here and I have to support windows seven and windows eight and uh, windows 10. So I have all three OS on my machine, but still like some configurations, like some of Optimus on the laptop that it works differently. So I kind of have to code blind. I have to guess, okay, if he has this thing, I sort of can make my computer think that it's using that, but it's not, and it's it's really really hard. And I wish I had uh, like a, a QA team. <laughs> I would need an entire QA team to be able to test on different hardware. Really, that's what I would need. Well, well, don't stress because the work that you're doing is marvelous so far, and you're only one man. He's only a mere mortal, everybody. So give him a <laughs> give him give him a break. Um, no, and definitely it's, it's you're consistently putting good out good quality. Uh, product that every time you put out an update so yeah keep it up man um yeah it's, that is a, a crazy paradigm that i feel like where it keeps repeating itself the you know open versus the walled garden sort of paradigm you know so for example could you imagine yourself creating virtual desktop on on mac 
for the Mac Rift users? I mean, um, yeah, some people have asked that. The thing is, uh, um, the way I've implemented it, it's using really like uh, low-level OS uh, APIs, so things that are Windows specific. Uh, there's no there's no library out there that says oh let's capture the desktop in any OS. It's really Windows specific or Mac specific. So if I had to develop for to develop it for Mac OS, I'd probably be better off starting out from scratch because everything will be different. Mm-hmm. So do you think it'd be easier uh, to deal with Mac because of the walled garden thing where all the and I am assuming that all the machines will react the same. Um, oh no no it. It's it's it w- it wouldn't be easier. Okay. And and also, I'm I'm kind of in the position that I I don't really care about open source. Like I don't really want to see the source. Um. It's it, well, some people will will say that that's not good. <laughs> good attitude to have. But uh, personally, I, like if if someone has an API or have uh, something to share, I don't really care about the source. I just want to know how to use it and what should I expect from it and does it work. That's mm-hmm. all that matters. I don't really have time to go uh, into someone else's code and fix bugs. I don't. I don't want to do that. I'm more the type to uh, grab something, know that it works, and if it doesn't, I'll contact the person and tell them, "Can you fix this and and get something?" I, I hate having to jump into other people's code and fix things. Uh, some some programmers like it. Uh, that's just not my thing. So if I have like uh, like Unix, you have access to the whole source code. Uh, I that wouldn't make things easier for me that would probably just make it harder because then less things are implemented you have to do it yourself a lot more so it would probably be a lot more work so i feel like you've already gonna you've already explained the question that i'm about to ask you um but how about in in terms of virtual desktop are you plan is that is it is this a project that's ever going to be open source or are you going to keep it you know under wraps what's your um yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to keep it under wraps simply because even if I open source it, um, you know, it, it, it's it's getting a bit complex right now. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it would be nice to have a lot of people put code into it and just, you know, make it really messy. I don't, I, you know, some people have asked, you know, some other people could fix those issues that you have. And well, if I have those issues, it's because I'm either waiting on someone else or I'm you know, I know what they are, but it's just, you know, you have to uh, understand that even if you throw 10 people at a problem, it's not necessarily going to get fixed faster, right? Yeah. You're, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this outlook because I'm, uh, I, I, I'm in the, I feel like I'm, I, I'm, I surround myself, whether by accident or, or, or rather by luck or by subconscious uh, sense of affirmation. I surround myself with people who really believe in open source mantra. Um, but I want to know for your, like in your particular situation, why is, you know, what are the benefits and cons of, you know, open source and your style? Um, yeah, well, I, I'm not against open source. It's just that I believe that there's, a. uh, it's a case by case scenario. Like yeah. some things are nice to be to have open source, and some others are like totally useless. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like if you have a simple API that does one thing and it does it well, like why open source it? Uh, it works. People use it, and that's all. That's all. That's yeah. all that needs to happen. Uh, like part of my application is um, 
is a wrapper that I created so that people so that people can uh, use uh, the Oculus SDK in C sharp. So this one, um, I'm probably going to release it open source at some point because uh, you know some other people might want to do some things with that. Um, but the application itself, virtual desktop, I don't think I would uh, ever release it as open source. Mm-hmm. Also, the fear is that someone might just, you know, copy whatever they have and release a product and sell it, right? So, mm. Yeah, and that it would be lame sauce. What is a wrapper? You talked about a wrapper just now. And can you describe what you did with it in regards to Oculus? Sure. So Oculus has an SDK that's in, in C++. Mm-hmm. And so my wrapper is simply it allows you to use uh, the SDK, but from another language, from C Sharp. Oh. So it simply uh, encapsulates the different uh, uh, functions into objects and functions that they can call. So, uh, yeah. How did well, how did you get into programming in the first place? What was the thing that made you want to program computers? Um, that's funny because I when I was young I. I didn't want to program. I thought I'm going to get bored if I go into programming. So I went into computer engineering. So I wanted to be doing hardware stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I started the, the degree, I soon realized that, you know, I don't like to do signal processing and all that the hardware stuff. I'd rather do software. And that's that's how I ended up in software. Huh. Process of elimination. Uh. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I'm not bored yet. So so far, so good. Good. <laughs> you know, what What is something that like what would be a piece of advice that you'd give uh, young programmers or programmers who are interested in VR that want to get involved? What's something you'd give them as a advice? Um, you know, there's. Uh, the sky's the limit. You can do whatever you want. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have any experience in VR, or not much in game development before that. So uh, just uh, grab a book, uh, use your internet browser and search and have fun, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, having fart is, fart. <laughs> having fun is a big part of it, for sure. And what about for someone who isn't a programmer, um, but is also wants to get involved in VR? What advice would you have for them? Um, they can definitely look at things like Unity mm-hmm. uh, and Unreal, especially with Unreal, you you can uh, develop an entire 3D shooter if you're a third-person shooter if you want without having to program one line of code. So you can do everything through blueprints. Uh, they have really an awesome an awesome uh, tool set to to enable people to do stuff. So yeah, how do you how do you get work done? How do you keep yourself disciplined? How do you you know, do you have any like tricks up your sleeve in terms of getting shit done? Um, caffeine and um, <laughs> that's it, really. I don't have any. Uh, do any you have any that. checklist, or do you go through? You know, like, um, do you tell yourself in the shower that you're gonna do this and this and that? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a con- when when you're a programmer, almost people do that. They they just think about the problems they have to solve all the time. You know, mm-hmm. they brush their teeth, they think about it, they go to bed, they think about it, they wake up in the morning, they think about it. And then they arrive on the computer and they usually solve their problem because they've thought about it for so long. So, mm-hmm. it... yeah, I'm, I, I'm with that with certain things. You know, if I have a problem, I'm like, not a programming problem because I don't deal with that. But, you know, if I have a problem, I'll think about it. And then when it comes to the computer, you know, I'll browse 
cat videos <laughs> to run away from the problem even more. Um, what about, you know, the ability to navigate the internet more efficiently with, with virtual desktop? Like, is there a way to navigate the internet um, in a way that justifies having this thing, you know, strapped over your head? Or, or unfortunately no i have to say no like personally i don't i don't use virtual desktop to browse the web because the resolution of the the dk2 right now is is too low to be mm -hmm. to be productive uh you know I, i i use it whenever i have to play a game and if the game doesn't work i have to look up something and i don't have to take off the rift i keep the rift on i go i check the forums read oh, okay you have to do that you have to do that okay and then i put those command line options in and then i run the game and You know that's that's how I use virtual desktop personally. I don't. Some people program with it, and I'm kind of amazed that they're programming with it because I'm not able to do that. But um, no, and unfortunately, right now, it it's not more efficient to use virtual desktop than to use your computer. You're you're better off using your regular monitor to do your regular stuff. So that will come in the future when we have higher resolution. Then you can have multiple monitors, more disk space, more you know. Um, Yeah, so right now it's it's it it doesn't help all that much uh, for regular use of your computer, but the idea is that it will in the future. I appreciate your honesty, um, and it's still a very compelling experience. I, I recommend anybody who is on the fence. It's um, if you have a DK2, it's free, <laughs> so yep. Yep. so you really don't lose much um, trying it. And you know, I I was gonna ask you like. Where was, oh man, I had this question in the tip of my tongue that I was going to ask you, but and since I can't remember, I'm going to ask you whether you're a dog or a cat person. Um, that's a tough question. I have both. Oh yeah? Yeah, they're, they're sleeping right next to me right now. <laughs> um, I'm probably more of a dog person, I'd say. Yeah. Why, why more dog over cat? It's because they're more friendly and the cat's kind of uh, annoying. I don't know. My cat's really, really annoying cat. Like, <laughs> you know, you walk in and just you know walk away and not greet you. The dog will be super happy and and say hello, and the cat will be like, yeah, whatever. Yes, exactly. I have there's a there's a cat around the neighborhood. He's a total whore, total whore for attention. Like he, I've never seen a cat like that before. Where, oh wow. Like, uh, it'll, like, I'll be walking down the street and uh, the cat will see me and I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but the cat will see me and it'll start walk, crossing the street, you know, with its wow, 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 and it, it'll put up its tail and it's like, scratch me there. And then I do, and then I tease him too, because I give him a couple scratches, you know, a, a uh -huh. couple rubs and then I leave him and he's like, why, why, and you're not even done. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He, are, I, I, are you sure the cat's not horny or anything? It, <laughs> it probably is it probably is it's it's probably a horny cat um but yeah cats are crazy I, i i had a little kitten when i was growing up and yeah they're they don't give a fuck about you know who is the heart like the alpha dog yeah, yeah they're they're the masters of their own universe what is the thing that you're most excited about vr you know when it when it becomes you know ubiquitous in mainstream is there something in particular that you're really looking forward to about that advent 
I think it's a lot of people said that, but it will be uh, communication, like talking to other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I, when I use the riff, it's mostly to go in, in VR chat or to, to, to develop for it. And I, I love to go into VR chat. You can talk to other people. You can see them. Well, you see their avatar. It's not really them, but uh, it's really nice to have that that connection with the other person. Yeah. It's a it's a lot better than regular chat or regular uh, you know video conferencing. Yeah, I'm with you. VR, yeah, VR chat is yeah, it's definitely something to uh, go back to because it's it's so different <laughs> like yeah. you're forming a new way of interacting with people because all the visual cues that you would have in the real world where you have you know where you're look paying attention to body language and and how Absolutely, yeah. like that's out of the window <laughs> i think it makes me going on vr chat and hang out there like makes me a better listener um because with the real world i have i can i can I, some I can wing it sometimes with people's bodies, body language. Like, okay, this person is too excited. This person's annoyed. This person, I, I can, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. But with VR chat, I am, yeah. And it, it's funny also when, uh, you know, usually what we do when we have the meeting on, on Sundays, we go around and people introduce themselves, and you get nervous when it's your turn. Like you get, you know, you kind of like, oh shit, there's like 20 people here. What am I gonna say? And it, it's stressful. Yeah. And you know you normally don't get that when you when you chat with someone or with a group of people right on, on on your keyboard, but because you're there and with you're with other people and they're looking at you, it you kind of get that feeling. It's it's weird. Yes, that is it, that's a, that you're hundred percent correct there because if if that were if that scene happened in something like Second Life and I was staring at my avatar from the comfort of my of my screen behind my screen you know my desktop screen i'd feel disconnected from that avatar um and i'd probably be more inclined to you know do promiscuous things but with the with the rift on i am the avatar it's then and the connection becomes more visceral and and that's how i explain the fact that i get just like you i get uh, nervous when I speak yeah. in, in front of a, a, a group of people I don't know because I'm like, holy shit, I'm actually here. Oh my god, there's actually people there. But but again, it's it's a weird thing um, to to realize. And another question I have for you: What about you? And something you mentioned earlier: What about coding in VR? Can you see yourself programming in VR? And I mean, is there a way to make the interface again? M- more efficient in, in in terms of justifying wearing an HMD while programming in VR. Um, well, if if you're developing for VR, then it kind of has an advantage because you can uh, be in VR, you can be typing, you can launch your game and directly be in it. You don't have to just look at a preview window, or you can direct you can experience your your game right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that right now you you can't see your keyboard through the DK2, so it's hard. It it gets really warm. It gets uh, uh you know uh, the the uh, you know it, it it gets too uncomfortable. I think to to be programming. That's personally that's what I think. But some people use it. But I um I maybe for CV1 it will be more useful. But um, I don't think it's quite there yet. Okay. Yeah. Well. 
what it so CV one all it needs is a better resolution. Is that all it needs? And then and comfort and you know it's a way to not your lens to get fucked up and there's a lot of things they need to do to to make it really a, a monitor replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Seabone will be a, a complete monitor replacement. But if you want to develop for VR, I think in CV1 with their better resolution, it will definitely help. Yeah, let's be let's be armchair hardware designers, um, and figure out how to fix the issue of fogging lenses with HMDs. I mean, how do we? How do you get a? How do you fix that? You know, how do we prevent lenses from fogging it up? Do we have to use a special spray? Before you use a rift, you have to use. We have um, to... I don't know. Uh, I think that the the fog comes from the difference in temperature from the inside and the outside. So I have a way to to either make the outside warm as well or the inside cool. Uh, so um, I don't know. Put a refrigerator in there. <laughs> put a um, put a. Liquid nitrogen. Sure, uh, that that sounds healthy. <laughs> liquid now a, a tube of liquid nitrogen that is flowing constantly around your face. Um, yeah, getting into your eyes, no, no problem. Sure, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. And that is that is a great way of getting a lawsuit for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they seem to be scared about that, and it's it's funny. How how should they be though? Like how. If you are Oculus, like how scared would you be f- for for lawsuits? I mean, what's scary? What's more scary? Is it the the patent lawsuits that will inevitably come, you know, as the medium grows bigger and bigger, or is it gonna be, or or is it the um, people suing, you know, the users, the customers, like those, you know, what's gonna be a bigger threat? Do you think? I really don't know. Uh, like I'm I'm Canadian, so uh, you know, over there we don't have crazy lawsuits like you have here so <laughs> i totally it, to me it, it totally doesn't make sense that people sue each other for no reason and for or for being stupid and they just sue the other person i don't get that i don't understand the whole dynamic around that so i'm probably not the best person to answer this uh, but i i think that if you get injured with the rift on your head it's probably going to be your fault right uh, I don't see how Oculus can be blamed for that. You're putting a headset, a head-mounted display on your head. Just be careful. You know? Yeah. Just as long as they don't put circulating tubes of liquid nitrogen inside the Rift, then I think Oculus will yeah. be safe. Yeah. Yeah, but they would probably not be allowed to sell it anyway because the uh, is it the, the FCC or whatever would probably prohibit it. They need to have permission from them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only reason why I bring up liquid nitrogen is because I the Terminator movies. That's the only reference I have of that particular substance. And, you know, just maybe answering the question partially, I would say money is the reason why people sue each oh, other yeah, here a lot. Sure. I mean, there's, you know, money makes people do all sorts of things. And being shady, you know, lawsuit people is one of them. Um are you worried about that? Are you concerned that, I mean, that might be a good worry to have because you'll have that much success, but is that something that at all, that is at all in the back of your head? You know, um, the, the... a little bit. I mean, it's, it's kind of scary to see all these lawsuits, um, 
that you know I have no basis to come around because if if someone sues me for I don't know why they would, but if they did, like like it sucks. I have to get an attorney and I have to do all that paperwork and I don't want to do that, right? So I don't know. It's a bit scary, but uh, at the same time, I could just uh, go back to Canada and not have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you just made me snort. <laughs> yeah. That's a good uh, backup plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a. Has people has it has it has the the view of people in America changed over the years, if, like from Canada, or has it always been, you know, has 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 the generalizations and the stereotypes about America have they always been the same? Because yeah, I'll tell you, I mean, I'll tell you right now, like, yeah, we are, we think, you know, Canadians, um, we, when I think Canadian, I think mooses, I think beer, I, I think, um, I think, uh, Mounties, I think really nice people. And I, I think of the, uh, great, uh, cannabis you have in British Columbia. Um, that's the only, that, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Canada for you. Oh, oh, and not to mention Canadians. Okay. Are the horniest people in Second Life, in all of Second Life. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh. my God. You guys are into some vampire shit. It's it's. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. I Interesting. Yeah, I'm in it. I'm. I dig it. You guys are cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, interesting. But yeah, to yeah to answer your question, uh, yeah, there's stereotypes in Canada as well about Americans, and uh, it, it's kind of the same thing where. Uh, you know, if something appears in the news, then it gets amplified and amplified, and people just stick to those ideas about Americans. Mm. Uh, so, but you know, I've been here for uh, seven years now, and most of those are untrue, or if they are, it doesn't apply to everybody, right? It's only yeah. So, um, so I I don't, I don't know um, about the cannabis though uh, in British Columbia. I've been living in British Columbia, but. I've, I've heard the rumor that it's pretty good. Yeah, the rumors are quite loud. Um, but, yeah, I, <laughs> that's another subject we can talk on for hours. Um, you know, is there, is there you know, because I view virtual reality as a tool. And to me, I think that the metaverse, I mean, well, let me ask you this. Like, do you think there'll ever be a metaverse? Do you think we'll ever see this thing? that is beyond the internet and when i say the the metaverse here's my my definition and i want to i want to get yours um my definition is the internet materialized before our eyes so through augmented reality through virtual reality you know that 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 information that is captured behind these screens that we stare at for hours and hours and hours on and during our days is going to we're either going is is either going to pop out or we're going to be able to go in and, and view that information three-dimensionally. Like, that's the metaverse. And I wonder, you know, will we ever see such a thing? And how do you think it might change us? Um, you know, one uh, one good uh, TV series that I liked uh, that, that kind of had a metaverse in it was Caprica. I don't know if you've seen it. I keep hearing really, really good yep. things about it. I'm going to have to oh, check yeah, it out. You have to watch it. You okay, have to watch it. Caprica. And um, it's it's. I don't think we're gonna see that in our lifetime, like the way they are. Like it, they they really feel like they're there, well, because it's probably a production thing. They didn't want to add too many, you know, too many special effects. But it, it's actually exactly like your real life, and you move around and all that. Um, 
uh, I don't think we're going to see that in, in our lifetime. Uh, and also, I don't think, I think it's going to take a really long time before we have a metaverse that we can call metaverse because it will need to be really awesome and really complex for it to be called a metaverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have small ones like you know, VR chat will have its own one. Alt space VR might have its own one, and Second Life might, you know, it already kind of has one. Um, but I don't think we're gonna, in our lifetime, we're gonna see an actual metaverse. Yeah. What do you? Why do you think? Why do you think that is? You know, is is it because the idea is too large for it to happen in this lifetime, or is it? Or is it because change happens slower than we think? I mean, what's the reason? Yeah, I think it's because you know the the the, the capacities of a computer, uh, it it's kind of plateauing a little bit right now. Like we talked about that earlier, but um, like like uh, the CPUs right now, they don't go really much faster. They they can't be uh, the size cannot be made smaller. They're kind of uh, uh, making processors with more cores now because they cannot reduce the size. So we're, we're kind of reaching a processing power limit, uh, sort of. And to be able to have a, a metaverse uh, that's very realistic, we're going to need a lot of processing power. And mm-hmm. it's going to take years before we get there. Like, it, it, Yes, it has evolved in the last 10 years, but if it goes at the same rate, it's definitely going to take 100 years before we have something that feels real so are you saying that processors are going to start plateauing within the next couple of years or you think um well they sort of have in terms of speed like uh, uh like four years ago you would buy like a three gigahertz processor and today you still buy a three gigahertz processor the difference is that you have two instead of one now in your computer or you mm-hmm. have four uh so it's kind of plateauing there uh you know they're other ways around that but uh you know we're probably gonna have to wait for uh how do they call that like uh uh quantum computing where you don't have an actual transistor you have uh um some sort of a biological processor or whatever so i i I don't really know much about that i just read a couple things but it seems to me that we're kind of hitting that plateau in terms of processing power Unless we are able to truly harness graphene, um, which is from from what I've heard is is just exponentially much better than silicone wafers uh, when it okay. comes to. But but the problem with graphene in this is the thing that I keep hearing over and over. Like graphene can do all these miraculous things, but but leave a lab, you know, like because because there's 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 still there's no way. Of, or no one has figured out a way to make graphene on a factory scale level. Okay. You know, I, I, but if we do, if you do, or if you are able to harness graphene for processors, from what I've read, it would be, it would, I mean, it would make, it would make things really, really crazy before quant, even before we reach quantum quantum computers. But we'll, but again, I don't know. I mean, it's. You, you're probably right. And then, so what? So does that slow down virtual reality? The fact that processors are plateauing, and you need 
right like you need for the met for vr to really take off you really need you know processors to keep up and to accelerate even more yeah uh well i'm sure they're gonna find you know ways to you know i don't remember where i saw a graphic but there was a graphic where it showed the average speed of the computer in the last uh, decade or so and it it kind of slowed down because you know if you do your normal uh you know desktop things you don't really need a fast computer to use excel right so the demand kind of slowed down the only thing that required fast uh, computers were our video games mm-hmm. so um now that vr is coming it seems like the the, the curve is going to go back up but uh you know, i'm curious up to up to what point can can we still increment that um it'll be interesting to see yeah you're a cool guy to talk to, man. I like I like um, your well reasoned and sensible arguments. Um, and even though I might not agree with some of the things, like you know the plateauing part, I I I, <laughs> yeah. I, I completely yeah I completely I still get it. Like in a sense, like yeah, I, there isn't I I don't yeah I see it, <laughs> but at the same time I'm 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 off somewhere else thinking about like holy fuck deep learning is going to make everything everything uh seem inconsequential up until this point i mean how much have you heard or learned about deep learning by the way i i have no idea what that is oh okay um what is it? it's i i'm the worst person to describe it but it's essentially um you know making a computer programming language like algorithms that are based on the neural networks of the brain so that so it's called like neural net and essentially i mean the it's like the ability to learn by themselves exactly it's like machine was machine learning like from someone taught me was like machine learning is you tell the computer what to learn but Mm -hmm. with deep learning the computer learns how to learn which is weird, which is something I can't wrap my, my mind around quite yet. But there's this talk on TED by this guy named, I think, Jeremy Howard. And he had the, he had this whole crowd of people just like either with their jaws down or just looked at him with this really stern look. Because what he was saying was, you know, these deep learning algorithms, they've made it, they're, they're making life on Earth. Um and will make life on earth a lot different than we've thought it would be because now computers can talk they can hear they can see they can you know and it's powering wow. it's powering the internet of things it's powering artificial intelligence it's powering the car self-driving cars yeah for That's me interesting. it's yeah. super interesting because to me the real I mean, the thing that's most interesting to me, yes, the technology is fucking fascinating, but how humanity will adapt to the technology is just as important, you know, because you here you have this thing that can now take away pretty much any job that we can do because it's a thinking it can think. You know, be, you know like before, you know, for, for what, what I used to think, it was like. You know, computers are going to take only the shitty manual labor jobs that nobody wants to do. But now I've come to the realization that, you know what, lawyers are going to have the run for their money. Doctors might have the run for their money. Um, Academics will have a run for their money when it comes to uh, jobs because, again, AI. 
I don't know. I, I really recommend you check out that TED Talk. I'll send you the link because it's because uh, then I'll then I'll want to know what your thoughts on are are on it. Sure thing. Yeah, that sounds that sounds interesting and uh, funny experience that happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I uh, I went to Canada and uh, I arrived at the border and normally you prepare to talk to the customs agent and then I was asked, uh, "Are you Canadian?" Said, yeah. Do you have a Canadian passport? Yes. Okay. Go this way. So I go this way and essentially. I went to a machine and the machine asked, put your passport here, put your customs declaration here, and then that's it. You're good to go. It's mm -hmm. like, what? They've replaced the customs agent by machines already? Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is, this is insane. That, and yeah. that, I mean, that's, that's, and that's going to happen everywhere pretty much because you realize like, well, I don't have to pay health insurance i don't have to pay retirement i don't have to pay benefits to this machine it, yeah. yeah yeah it's cheap to make you just have to pay a programmer to program it mm -hmm. so what so happens I, I get a job but the other person loses his job so i feel bad so what happens to the society when we don't have you know when, when we lose all these jobs yeah well the thing is you will always need uh people in tech to be able to make those things happen so if you study in technology, then you're safe. But <laughs> if you've already finished college and you're already working, you're kind of screwed. Well, you still have a couple of years, but yeah, it sucks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because I'm, 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 I'm realizing that you, for example, you're, you'll, you'll be just fine because you can talk to the computer. You can speak its language. You can make love to it. I can't. I can't. I can do Excel. I've I've learned some Ruby. I've learned a little bit of UE4. I've learned a little bit of PHP, um, and that's about it. And oh, HTML. That's, but that's, that's but it's tr trust me. A monkey can do what I've learned so far. And and but but the thing is, here's the thing. Like, what happens to people like me who miss the boat on coding? Coding is that ever too late? What do you think? No, I don't think it's too late, and it's even easier now to learn hmm. uh, to learn something new. Not even if it, even if it's not in tech, like you can you can just go in the on the internet and and learn a That's a, true. a new job, right? That's so, true. like colleges today are kind of useless, sort of. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that you know, you know, if I had to hire someone, I don't really look at their degree. I look, what are you able to do? What have you done? That's what's important, not their college degree anymore. Yeah, I'm with you. I've and it took me graduating from college to realize this, because <laughs> you know it. You take it for granted that the the fact that here you are, this this thing, this human that, and I say this a lot. Probably people get tired of me saying it, but I say this because I believe it. The fact that I am the smartest thing in the universe that I know of, and I have this brain. And not only that, I have this superpower. I have this thing, this slab of glass and plastic, or the you know that I can carry around in my pocket, and that thing has access to the whole of human knowledge. And all of a sudden, I'm not just you know this 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 creature. Uh, I am a this creature augmented by all this other knowledge I have access to. And yeah, to me that was that was a thing that just you know that. Just, that that thought may you know made me change my life little by little because you know, I don't just see the internet as this place of media consumption, 
it's a place where you can learn the tools of creation and i yeah and i i guess it just comes down to like whether whether fundamentally you want to be a creator or a consumer um yeah. and i want to be both but i i also yeah i want to be both and i want to you know and i and i want to make sure because it, it adds but why do we create why did you why did you create virtual desktop was it for yourself or was it for other people um i thought it would be useful for other people Okay. Um, really well for me too, I guess, sort of. Um, uh, and it was, it was also because I like learning. So it was doing something new. Uh, so I would kind of have to learn, you know, how did, how do you develop for VR? How do you develop a game and how do you, and it's, so it's, it, it's a learning experience and that's what I, that's why I like doing it. It's because I'm learning a lot. Let me ask you this hypothetical scenario, like in a hypothetical hypothetical scenario where people didn't like virtual desktop, would you think you would have stopped, keep kept on building it, or or the, or or just a sheer passion of liking what you already have would have you know carried uh, you through? I probably would not have continued very far. Wow. Like initially when I started, I didn't have a rift, so I kind of programmed something. I put it on the forums, and I asked people tell me if this works. And people were like, nope, it doesn't work. I get this error message. I thought, okay, I'll try again. So I program this, I do that. Doesn't work, try again. Okay, so I tried like a like for two or three weeks, I was programming blindly without a riff, trying to figure out how to make this work. And people were like, we're still trying it and they were helping me. So I thought, wow, that's cool. Hmm. So that's, that's what kept me going. It's because people were really interested in having such an experience yeah and I, I, yeah and that it, to me what fascinates me is how the hive mind works you know this phenomena of the hive mind um i i haven't you, you don't really i didn't start paying attention to it until a few years ago where you know but it's because it's so new this this connectivity thing that we have going on is still fairly new to most people like and yeah. how it, it you know it really looks like and interacts i'm fascinated by that the hive mind um and whether you trust it or not and how it forms and yeah i i like i want to get your thoughts on that like you know is uh, is the hive mind a thing that we're gonna get have to get used to for the rest of our lives because you know, and how will it evolve as, you know, it, as time goes on? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's definitely, uh, uh, you know, getting bigger and bigger. And and people are, I mean, I think it, it, it just makes our, our knowledge even greater. Uh, I mean, instead of having just the not whatever you've learned in school, whatever you you know your abilities are you can multiply those by the number of people that you know now and even people you don't know mm-hmm. so yeah i think it's it's fascinating yeah it's yeah and it's and it's it's a story i think that has yet to be you know i feel like that that it's barely the tip of the iceberg um in terms of the hive mind phenomena like what is that 
how will it look like 10 years from now? Will it become smarter? Will it become more empathetic? Will it become uh, more, will it become more evil? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting world we're walking into. Uh, Guy, I have probably wasted way too much of your time. Thank you. <laughs> no, but it was, seriously, it's been a lot of fun. And I'm I'm glad you've come along this far. Uh, I asked you a lot of weird questions. Do you have any last comments, any final thoughts you'd like to share with before we start closing things off? I uh, just want to thank you for having me on the show. It was a pleasure to be here. And it was awesome to talk with you about all these crazy topics. I like it. Yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, this is, yeah, I'm looking forward to having you again. How can people stay in touch? How can people follow what you're doing? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at VR Desktop. Um, I'm not really a Twitter person. I've only uh, recently created my account, so I don't have a lot of followers. But uh, if you want to get updates about the software and random things that I post there. Um, and also, I'm on Reddit, GG Odin. That's it. Sweet. Um, once again, I have proven conclusively that you are a true scholar and gentleman of virtual reality. And again, thank you for your time. Thank you again, Chris.